Amen. Good morning, church. Here we are in June. It is winter, and certainly here in Pretoria, winter has arrived. I hope that uh, wherever you are, you are nice and warm and uh, with your favorite hot beverage in your hand. Also, make sure that you have your bread and your juice ready. We are having communion today. And as we do so, we will remember that through what Jesus did on the cross, we are now God's family. That means that you and I, (laughs) we are family. And that is our theme this morning. In communion, we remember the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. We remember all that was accomplished for us at the cross. Things like salvation, deliverance, forgiveness of sins, healing, and many more. In the service today, we remember that we are family because of what Jesus did for us. You will find that in the New Testament, much that is said about the followers of Jesus uses terms like children, sons, daughters, father, and of course, the term family. For example, in the Gospel of John, chapter 1 and verse 12, we read, Yet to all who did receive him, receive Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So you see, to those who believe in the name of Jesus, he gives the right, the privilege to become children of God. In other words, family of God. May and June are months where family comes into focus. We have Mother's Day in May, Father's Day this month in June. For most people, there is a focus on family. My parents and Dio's mom have been mostly at home during this lockdown time. But on Mother's Day, we all got together and come Father's Day, if all goes well and conditions permit, we will get together again, obviously, with all the safety protocols. At our in-person service today at church, we are dedicating two beautiful girls to the Lord, and that is a family occasion. But our earthly family must be modeled on something greater than ourselves. We often say, family comes first. And it should be so. There is nothing special about bragging that your family comes first. It is your family. And it is your responsibility to put your family first and to look after them. The truth is, however, that very often this does not happen. So many people, so many husbands and wives, fathers and mothers, they put their personal interests, their personal desires and ambitions first. And then, if there is something left over, some time, some money, some energy, then they give that to the family. In today's text from the Gospel of Mark, Jesus gives his perspective on family, and it may not be what we would expect. The background here is that Jesus has just chosen his 12 disciples, 
They go into a house somewhere in Galilee. And as soon as people find out where Jesus is, they flock there. They all want his personal attention. There are so many people that he and his disciples, they do not even get time to eat. So let's read. We are reading from Mark chapter 3, verses 20 to 35. Then Jesus entered a house and again a crowd gathered so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family, the family of Jesus, when his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, he is out of his mind. (laughs) And the teachers of the law who came down from Jerusalem said, he is possessed by Beelzebub, by the prince of demons. He's driving out demons. Wow. Look at this position of Jesus. He's now being accused both by family and by religious people. (laughs) Isn't it strange that even today when you want to follow the Lord, very often these are the same two groups of people who will kind of oppose you. There may be some family members opposing you. There may be some religious people opposing you. So Jesus called them over to him, these teachers of the law, and he began to speak to them in parables. He said, how can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan opposes himself and is divided, he cannot stand. His end has come. In fact, no one can enter a strong man's house without first tying him up. Then he can plunder the strong man's house. Truly, I tell you, people can be forgiven all their sins and every slander they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. They are guilty of an eternal sin. This is a strong statement. And then verse 30 says, He said this because they were saying he has an impure spirit. Let me pause there just a little bit. You see, when you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit is when you resist the Holy Spirit, when you do not accept His call, when He calls you to follow Jesus, to surrender to the Lord, to be obedient to God's will. When you resist the Holy Spirit and treat it as something evil, you are resisting His call in your life. And there is no way you can come to the Lord if you resist the Spirit of the Lord. And that's why He says it cannot be forgiven. Because if you resist the Holy Spirit's call, there is no salvation. Then we come to verse 31, where Jesus then deals with His family. Verse 31, Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, because they couldn't get inside, there were so many people, they sent someone in to call him to kind of get his attention. Verse 32, a crowd was sitting around him, and so they told him, your mother and your brothers are outside looking for you. Now listen to his answer. Who are my mother and my brothers, Jesus asked. Then He looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, Here 
are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Wow. Listen, most of the time, Jesus is not with his family. He's traveling around preaching. In this passage here today, he is close enough to home that his family can come and see him. But we see that things do not go so well between Jesus and his family. His family do not say, wow, Jesus is doing well in ministry. He is being a blessing to so many lives. No, they hear that he does not even have time to eat. And they assume he's becoming a fanatic. He is out of his mind, they say. And they set out, determined to pull him out of the crowds, bring him home, and take care of him. <laughs> Listen, family gatherings are good, aren't they? But sometimes family can misunderstand us. For most of his life, the family of Jesus misunderstood him. It seems that only after his resurrection did his family truly understand his ministry and believe in him as Lord and Savior. And so when they give the message to Jesus that his mother and brothers were outside looking for him, he pauses. He looks around at those learning from him. And he says those memorable words. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. That is, my family, my real family, is everyone who follows me, who does my will. Well, according to the statement, where would you say you are? Would you say you are family of Jesus? I, I certainly hope so. You see, Jesus here gives a very clear message. He introduces us to another family, a spiritual family, the family of God. His real family, he says, are those who do God's will. This family has no boundaries. It is not bound by blood ties, by tribe, by community, by color, nor continent. Our only common link is Christ. It is an international, global family. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that is why the church of Jesus Christ, in spite of its many flaws, in spite of its many groupings and differences, has been able to achieve much in the world over the centuries. In spite of differences, the church manages to work together in many instances and work towards a better world. Jesus declares that God's family is above our own flesh family. Now, that does not mean that we can neglect our family, our earthly family, because of our service to God or to the church. No. I have heard stories of people who have neglected husband, wife, and children because they were, you know, quote-unquote, busy for the Lord, you know, going to meetings or church activities. Listen, that is not biblical. That is not right. Then, of course, there are churches which have meetings just about every day of the week, 
And if you are a member of that church, you are expected to attend all those meetings and you will have little time for your family matters. That is also not right, also not biblical. You see, the church is there to facilitate family life, not hinder it. The Bible says that we are to take care of our household, our fleshly family. 1 Timothy 5.8 says the following, Anyone, anyone who does not provide for their relatives, and especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And of course, as anyone is any believer, any Christian that does this, that does not provide for their relatives, and especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That's how God sees the importance of our families. You see, Jesus, Jesus took good care of his family. From what we can gather, Joseph seems to have died when Jesus was still young. And Jesus took over the family business and ran it until his family could continue by themselves. Then he left home by the time he was 30 years old and by the time the family was able to run the business to do his ministry. In the passage we read today in Mark 3, the fact that his family was concerned for him and wanted to take him home and care for him shows that they were in a position to do so. Why? Because Jesus had made sure they were in a good and sustainable place when he left home. The point that Jesus is making here is this. God's family comes first. God's family comes first. You first must be part of God's family. Then, out of what you learn in God's family, you apply to your earthly family. You see, family is God's idea. While we are on this earth, God's plan for us is that we live in the context of godly families with godly values. The breakup you see today in family life can be traced to a breakup in the relationship with God and His values. God should come first. In your life, God should come first. What does this mean? This means my personal time with Him in prayer, in reading or hearing the Word, and in reflection. It also includes regular church attendance as a family. With most churches going online these days, there is no excuse for you not to attend church regularly. But don't rely just on online services. Make sure you attend in-person services too. Nothing can replace your time with other believers in worship gathered together in one place. Due to restrictions, some of you may not be able to attend weekly, but try to attend as much as you can and attend together as a family as much as possible, whether you're watching online or in person, do it as a family. So God comes first. In that sense, that's how He comes first. Then comes your family. Then comes spending time with your family, providing and caring for them. 
but the values you live by as a couple and therefore as a family and the values you teach your children should be informed by what you learn from the Lord and from His Word, from your church life. Our earthly family has as a source a spiritual family. Our earthly family must reflect our spiritual family. As I said just now, family was God's idea. His plan was that a man and a woman should come together in marriage and create a safe environment for children to be born and nurtured until they can take care of themselves by themselves. Father and mother, man and woman were uniquely created and each one makes specific contributions to the life of a growing child. That was God's plan. But because sin entered the world, that plan was sabotaged, attacked, and we have had to live a compromised family life. Some families, they managed to maintain a fairly healthy family life, but unfortunately, some do not. And here is where the spiritual family comes in. You see, those who do the will of God, those who follow Jesus, are called His church, His family. And that is why it is important to be part of a local church. God wants you in a flesh and blood family, but He also wants you in a spiritual family. It makes a difference to be part of a church family. It makes a difference to be exposed to the Word of God regularly, to His presence, to His influence. It helps to keep our priorities right. But it also makes a difference to know other families that share the same biblical values that you do. It makes a difference to you and your children to be with others that share the same convictions, worldview, and Savior. Then there is the benefit of us doing life together. How many times I've seen in this church and in other churches, people and families being helped by the other members of the church family. They would not have made it on their own or would have suffered a lot on their own if the spiritual family had not stepped in. Sometimes it happens within the congregation and sometimes this help goes across churches and even into community or communities. You have done this over the years, Awaken Life Church, through the food parcel, through the giving of clothes, through special offerings, through voluntary service in the various departments in church. I have heard and I have read the testimony of people who have visited us and felt welcomed and valued because of your care, your smile, your acceptance. Keep it up, church. We are family being a blessing to families and individuals. Another important aspect of being part of God's family and attending a local church is this. Sometimes you may not find all you need in your earthly family. They, there may be an emotional need or spiritual need that is not being met over there. 
So God has provided a spiritual family, the church, so that if you cannot find it in your own family, maybe together as a church, you can find what you need in your spiritual family. God's intent is that His family encompass all people, not just your bloodline. You may be joined to your relatives by your bloodline, but we are family because of the blood of Jesus. And today, as we take part in communion, I want us to remember that. And I want us to celebrate that. No matter where you are in Pretoria, no matter where you are watching or listening in South Africa, no matter where you are in the world, guess what? We are family. Hallelujah. We are linked by Jesus, by a common faith in Jesus and in what He did for us at the cross. As it says in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. <laughs> you see, this family is eternal. We have family in heaven right now. All those believers who have gone before us and we have a huge family on earth. Let us not neglect our godly family. Let us not neglect our spiritual family duties here on earth, our personal devotion to God, our gatherings as, a, as local churches, our choice to live out biblical values in our homes, schools, jobs, and every area of our social life. Jesus paid the price so we could be family. Hallelujah. Let us celebrate now as we have communion together. Amen. Let us, let us pray for the bread. Father, it is so good that we can gather as family. We may be in different places, maybe very far away from each other. And yet, Lord, my brothers and my sisters, together we are family. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your body broken for us that you took upon yourself sickness and disease. Our punishment, our chastisement was laid upon you so that we could be one together. We could be children of God and brothers and sisters in the family of God. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Let's eat and be grateful that we are family. Praise God. Let's pray for the cup. Lord, thank you for this cup, Lord, which reminds us of your blood poured for all of our sins. So that as you look at me, as you look at my brothers and sisters, Lord God, you see us pure in Jesus, forgiven, <laughs> sinless. Not because we are sinners, Lord, but because Jesus who died for us is sinless. Thank you for paying the price, Lord, for all of our sins and giving us forgiveness. Thank you. And because of your blood, we are family. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's drink the cup of blessing together.
Amen. Wow. <laughs> we are family. And as we close, I want to pray over you the prayer that we find in Ephesians chapter 3 from verse 14 to 21. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints, with all the believers, what is the width and breadth and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we may ask or think according to the power that works in us. To Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Peace be with you. We'll see you next week. Amen.